Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nye. And I'm following you. Opal. Hi. Hey, what's hey. up? It's, it, we never meet like this. Yeah, we never just come together in <laughs> this moment. It's funny to see you. Yeah, funny to see you here. <laughs> uh, this week we watched It Follows uh, from 2014, directed by uh, David Mitchell. Starring Micah Monroe, Keir Gilchrist, and Jake Weary. Uh, but before we get into that, Opal, let's talk about our week. We had a full weekend movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we watched, like, a movie every day, basically, this yeah, week? Yeah, we watched seven movies for seven days, basically. Basically. <laughs> so. Uh, so I guess let's start. Let's just go in chronological order. Yeah. Let's start with the funniest one. <laughs> Let's start with The Dead Zone. The Dead Zone. By Cronenberg. Uh, David Cronenberg. Yeah, um, The Dead Zone. So that's a Stephen King adaptation. Oh boy, can you tell. Um, It's really weird. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be like that. Yeah, so we were just like looking for a movie to watch, and you were kind of like, ah, uh, we're like go picking between a few different horror movies. And then we're like, oh, The Dead Zone. Yeah, I kind of want to see that. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that one. I was one. under the assumption it would be a horror movie. Yeah. Because the, the genre says that it is. Uh, and it wasn't. Um, I don't really know how to describe it exactly. It's kind of just like a supernatural It's a drama. supernatural Christopher Walken movie. Christopher Walken's great. Uh, <laughs> what does he say in that one? The ice... It's gonna, gonna break! break. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, destroyed the audio on that, but whatever. Um, I guess, like, if you don't know how what the dead zone is about... Um, it's... Are we gonna spoil the dead zone? Because I feel like that's the funniest part of the dead zone. We really... It's like me realizing what the ending was leading up to. Let's just not spoil it. And if you want to find out what the Dead Zone is about, you can go find out, and you can be just as fucking shocked as us. I, it's, it's the meme. So the best part about the Dead Zone is I actually- I feel like this isn't spoiling it, but I can tell you, it's the meme about killing baby Hitler. Yes, that is what the movie is about. I was- flabbergasted the best part was that i remembered because i have uh listened to a podcast about the book version of the dead zone which i've forgotten most of see i've read a lot of stephen king but that's one that i have not touched so i had no idea what this was and i knew the moment we got into the final scene how everything in that scene went and it all hit me like a truck oh my god and you just had to watch me i had to watch you watch react it. to that yeah. yeah um it's very um you know it was it was okay like it was a decent movie it's an okay movie christopher walken is a, a funny guy yeah he's really interesting as like a serious lead actor yeah yeah definitely especially since he's normally like a bit part or like a villain mostly I felt like he was really charming, actually, as yeah. like this this like put upon school teacher, he is basically. Charming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he has like a lot of charisma to him in this in this role. Yeah, um, and you get to do a Christopher Walken impression the whole time. I don't really have one, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we watched that. 
I was uh, doing some bad ones. Uh, should we move on to our next movie? Yeah, that would be Phantasm, Phantasm, which we talked about a little bit how I really wanted to watch, and we did it. So that yeah. was excellent. So Phantasm is a 79 movie, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, It's pretty, like, how do I describe Phantasm? I don't think you do. I don't know if you do. It's good. Uh, it is you, really good. If you like horror movies, definitely ch- check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, it has, like, some potential comedy to it. Like, there are dwarves in it. It's very, like, absurdist and, yeah. I don't know, bizarre. There, there's, like, an orb that chases oh, people. Believe if you want my one, like bit about this movie to endorse this movie there is an orb that does stuff that you won't believe until you see it and also there's the tall man oh he's also great who is like the guy from the phantasm cover who is good yeah Uh, and you don't really realize why it's categorized as like a sci-fi until the very end until until the sci-fi gets the it it gets there but it it does get there yeah um so i i had a good time with that one i love i want to see phantasm 2 yeah i would see the other ones yeah for sure i think the other ones are supposed to be a bit zanier i'm i'm completely okay with that which i'm kind of okay with that's kind of the natural progression for a movie like that if anything phantasm 1 was played a little more straight than i was expecting because there are some just absurd things in it and for the most part they just take it kind of seriously they do but i, I don't hate it no yeah. no I, I think still think it's good uh anything else on that one i think that's it all right next... it's hard to describe that movie yeah, really difficult <laughs> uh next up is decision to leave yes that is uh park chan wook yes that is yeah. his new movie um, not a horror movie, but just, like, a good, like, like kind of a... romantic noir movie. Yeah, I, I watched that movie, and, like, my big thought uh, coming out of it was, like, I should just watch some noir movies. A hundred percent it is, like, playing on that. Um, I should just watch a movie where there's a guy, and he's investigating something, and there's a girl, and some stuff happens to them they're both a little bit bad people they're both a little bit bad people yeah. but some interesting uh stuff happens and i should just watch that some, uh, some like cat and mousy mystery stuff going on that's yeah. really fun yeah uh, i had fun with it for sure yeah. um some really no, knowing his movies i expected like some more weird sex stuff to to be going on yeah. in, that, in that dynamic yeah. but I, it wasn't really like that i think the thing that surprised me the most there's a lot of like camera gags that are just funny it is just funny at times they, they have it's, a few it's like, way more comedic than his other stuff that i've enjoyed before there's like a few beats that just really fucking hit me and i thought were hilarious yeah um, yeah absolutely yeah so a uh, big fan of different, that one different for his stuff that i typically like Dif- but yeah, i, I did different. like it but yeah but, uh big fan uh should we just keep it rolling? Yeah, we have, what's we have, next on the list? <laughs> next up is The Changeling. Oh, this is a classic that I've been meaning to watch for such a long time. Yeah, so neither of us had seen this one. Yeah. Uh, the Changeling, great movie. Kind of just a, a classic ghost story movie. Yeah. Uh, and people say that movies weren't about grief before. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about The Changeling. <sighs> When are horror movies going to be about something? I, it is. Listen, that's a 1980s movie. Like, the year 1980. 
It was really good. Uh, I I really. It liked, looks really um, good too. I think the house that they're in is like crazy, and it's beautiful. I really liked the George C. Scott uh, performance as the lead guy. Um, it, it's funny how that movie shakes out for his character. Is all I'll definitely say. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's in an interesting position in that one. Um, uh, looks pretty good. Is scary at points. Could be scarier. I don't think it's like a big scare movie. No, per se. I, it's more atmospheric than yeah, anything. But definitely not hitting me over the head with the scares. Yeah. Uh, but some of the stuff is just really creepy and good. I like do. it. Yeah. Uh, if you know the scene with like the bouncing ball, that scene's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, we still got two more movies to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we have. Um, so we have next up. Next? We have Deep Red. Deep by Red. Dario Argento. Oh, I had a lot of fun with this one too. So this is our second Argento, I think. I don't think we've seen any of his other ones. Um, I don't think so. No. This one was really good. Like yeah, like the other one. Yeah, uh, like Suspiria. Yeah. Also, um, also beautifully shot. Yeah. And has crazy violence in it yeah um also has uh the goblins doing the soundtrack they're just goblin it's just goblin we've, i know we've but talked about they're this. always credited as the goblins, the goblins. in the credits yeah. uh yeah big fan uh maybe that's the name of the band collective and the band is goblin i think dario argento just calls them the goblins <laughs> but they call themselves goblin that's funny uh yeah that one was really good um it reminds me of um if you it's one of those fun mysteries where if you know what to look for you'll absolutely know who it is. Yeah, I know I like um how much is just shown my, my se- to you. My second choice ended up being the person it was, but there's like a crazy crazy lead early on. There's a couple actually early on that if you just see it you're going to know who it is. That it's I love when a movie like has the balls to just like do a big twist that they really set up, like, and you just, like, can tell. Yeah, none of this fake mystery shit yeah. where it's, like, a plot twist out of nowhere at the end. It's like, oh, I didn't see it coming. No one saw it coming because it's bad storytelling. Anyway. No, this one was good. Yeah. yeah. You should be yeah. able to solve the mystery, is what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, so, I, so yeah, that one's really good. We're going to have to watch some more Argento movies, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to see Tenebra. Yeah, Shudder has a bunch of them. They do. They so, do. Um, all right. And then last and least <laughs> uh, was the Black Phone. Oh. So this one. Uh, so we got we to gotta mention here, we wanted to do a 2022 retrospective on movies that came out last year. Because this is going to come out for the new year. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about 2022 movies. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a really, really popular one that a lot of people saw that I just didn't, that I wasn't interested in. But maybe I'll see it just to be a completionist and see what people are talking about. And oh my god, I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk about it more probably in that. But I think we'll save most of our stuff for, because that will be a separate episode where we talk about our our 2022 retrospective. Yes, Um, look for it later after this one. I guess the thing is, I'll say uh, it's a Scott Derrickson uh, movie uh, who did uh, Sinister. It didn't do it like Sinister does. (laughs) 
Uh, it's also based on a uh, Joe Hill uh, short story, and you can tell. Oh. In a not good way with that one. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, wasn't a fan, but we'll talk about that in more in depth when we talk about our retrospective. Yeah. So uh, that was a little um, rapid fire, but lots of movies this week. That was our movies. Uh, maybe we'll put like a a timestamp or something if you want to like skip the new movie talk and get straight into it follows. But yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of stuff. Um, I'm definitely, uh, we, we hit some good ones. We did a lot of good ones. A couple questionable ones, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, okay. uh, we're definitely like, you in, can't win them all. We're in movie mode. When you watch seven movies, some of them just aren't going to be as good as you hoped. <laughs> I mean, exactly. So, um, all right. Well, I think that, uh, takes us into our main topic. It follows. Does it? Yeah, I hope it does. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this movie, just a little background on this movie. Uh, basically, uh, uh, the plot of this one is kids have sex, have sex. Uh, have sex, have sex. <laughs> yes. Poop my pants, my pants, 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 have sex. Yes, thank you. That's what I'm going for. Uh, and then an entity follows you until it gets you. Um, and that's the movie. So, um, I know this is like a Netflix movie. Netflix still has this movie. Shockingly, I I know. Netflix doesn't have movies anymore. Netflix doesn't have anything, but I feel like this is just a perma-Netflix movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's just locked in place there. Um, It was somewhat successful. Yeah, Um, I I know a lot of people talked about it when it came out. So, I, I guess just like the backstory to this movie um, I, I probably saw this shortly after it came out as well yeah yeah just on streaming so this one um was originally just going to be like a direct-to-video like kind of really low-budget movie um and then they screened it at cans and it did really well so then it got oh, picked yeah. up for a theatrical release yeah. um and so the budget yeah it's like 1.3 million uh made 23 million in the theatrical box office and then yeah it ha- i would say it has kind of this like unimpeachable critical record um people as like well it. people yeah. just like the movie um you know it's even to the point where it's like spawned really bad imitators uh yeah um, such as what we have talked about maybe some that have come out this year that we'll talk about yeah that are five letters and are uh, facial expression and uh, yeah uh <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a definitely like a critically well regarded movie. Um, I don't really have a lot on like the production of it because it's just like this. No, I kinda... didn't find much either. I found some interviews with the director certainly about kind of like the motivation and ideas behind it, but yeah, not really anything specific. Yeah, David Mitchell, interesting guy. He has like he did a really different movie before this and has like gone on to do like more different stuff. So like not really a horror movie guy. It's just this is the one of his that kind of took off. Um. So curious to see if he goes on to do anything, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I guess the one person who did get a big break from this movie is the director of uh photography, Mike. I'm gonna massacre this, but I think it's Gialaukis. Uh, he uh parlayed this into uh doing us. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, it's a beautiful looking movie. Yeah, so certainly deserved. 
He he also has done a bunch of Shyamalan movies, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, um, not not what I look to for cinematography specifically, but us, I believe. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely like I think well regarded in like the industry uh as the horror movie um yeah i think there are some people that are kind of contrarian about it who kind of like find it lame in a lot of ways but i think most people really really like it and i as someone who likes horror movies i really really like it i don't think it's like overrated or anything i think i think it's perfectly good i think this is a good time to talk about my uh history with this movie I, i would love to hear this so i also saw it around when it came out and it was kind of like the big news of 2014 or whatever if you liked horror movies like oh, oh like it follows yeah yeah i mean it's on it was like on netflix and stuff because um, that's when we started dating and i definitely was the first one to show you this movie no i had seen it before really yeah had you yeah i uh, didn't know this that was the second time i saw it i saw okay. it i saw it myself um i wasn't really like a horror movie person in at that point um and also you know it, it it's like almost 10 years ago uh, this movie came out and I just like didn't have like the uh, like really any like media criticism lens to bring to the movie. So like I watched it and I'm like, oh, what were the feelings deep inside my, of you? My feelings were like, oh, this is a movie about how teens having sex bad. And no, I don't, <laughs> I like, don't think so. And I don't like any of these people. And oh, it's just like a slow malaise movie and that's kind of i mean and that's how i felt about it um which like i don't know it's a very like 20 year old thing to feel which is uh you know about the age i was when i saw it so it was kind of like you know whatever um listen you know my takes about the babadook 20 to like 18 to 20 is not the age for like nuance in your life i I think if you haven't like kind of learned how to appreciate like a slow unless you're movie. like a film person yeah like if you if you have like watched some like slow but good movies uh you'll like this movie basically i think is what i would say i don't even think it's necessarily that slow i think it's just well most of its charm is like atmospheric the plot of the movie is kind of stupid <laughs> i mean like just in terms of like when uh one of the interviews i looked up with the director he was talking about like when I explain what happens to this movie, like in words to somebody, it sounds like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, yeah, it I sounds see really that. stupid. I could see that, and like that—that's kind of what I mean. Like, so when I'm, but in practice, I like it. Yes, I like it so much. Yes, I I watched it again like a year or two later with you, and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, and this was after I was uh, slowly indoctrinating you by making you go see The Witch and stuff like that in 2015. Well, I just saw a lot more horror movies, yeah. so I think I had a much better like ability to appreciate kind of like a good scare and a good atmosphere and mood setting kind of thing. Um, and I liked it even more on this viewing. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one that you can definitely like appreciate when you watch it even more because there's like background stuff happening and everything too yeah i mean i watch it now and that's like all i see is yeah. the background stuff but I'm, I'm sure like it's easy to miss if you're like not really thinking about it yeah um so that's kind of the story uh with this one let's get into the so summary you, you were once a plebeian and now you're enlightened is yeah. what you're saying yeah I'm, that's I'm, I'm saying that okay yeah we let's get into it i'm normal now <laughs> <laughs> I think you're less normal now than you ever were before. All right, so we open on a suburb. Uh, a young girl uh, runs out of her home 
Uh, in heels. <laughs> I have in my fucking summary. I have in heels. In heels. Um, this is like a weird outfit she's got on. She's got like this white blouse that looks like something you would just wear like around the house. It's like she rolled out of bed, but she's like, "Let me get my, let me get my pumps on." But then she has these like silver shorts on, like she's gonna go like dancing or something like that. Some people wear that stuff to bed. It was just weird. It's a weird outfit. Uh, she... <laughs> this isn't the only outfit that I have criticism of. <laughs> she uh, kind of looks around uh, in the street. A couple people are like, hey, are you okay? Uh, she like runs and grabs her bag and then runs uh, heels. drives away in the car. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, the music uh, is interesting. I like the music. I like the soundtrack to this movie. So this is maybe a good time to say this. Uh, the music for this was done by uh, the Chip Tunes guy who did the music for Fez. Uh, I, I'm a, you can hear it at times. You can hear like the the chip tuniness at times. It is a very chip tuny movie, in my opinion. But also, it's got like this kind of like stomping chase music that's really intense that I really like when the action is happening. That's kind of like. Where did this come from? Yeah, it's kind of totally different yeah. from the rest of the sound. I, I like it though. Yeah, and I do I do like that stuff. Um But that's that's like our our intro. Um when you see her uh on the beach, uh it's like nighttime. She's like front lit by her car's headlights, which I thought was like a really cool shot. Um and then she calls her dad, uh, and she's like, I love you. I'm sorry for yeah, being a jerk is, to you. This is her, I'm about to die phone call. Yeah. Um, and then we smash a uh, cut to, she is dead on the beach in like a crazy pose. Her, her like her leg is at a 90 degree angle in the wrong way. It's like cracked in half, which is uh, pretty, pretty crazy. You see like quite a bit of blood here. Uh, just like a standard horror movie. We're just going to cut right to the, the gore. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know if it's like a gory movie necessarily though. It's not like bloody or gory really. No, but I think like the creepy, like her running around and clearly like seeing something and being spooked and being like worried into, she knows she's going to die, but you don't know why. Oh, to, she's like broken on the beach. To like murdered, but like murdered in a way where like no person did this yeah, to her yeah. uh, kind of thing. <laughs> I guess we see later how this happens. <laughs> right. Um, so that, that like opening sequence I thought was just great at like kind of setting the tone. Yeah. Um, and now of course we got to dial it all the way back down. So we're back to the suburbs. We're back in the pool. Did you ever know a person with a pool like this? Like the, the set up plasticky pool? No, I mean, I knew people with like a, it's like an, I can't. Above ground pool. I was going to say like it's an above ground pool, but yeah, it's made out of plastic. It's just yeah. kind of like set up. Um, it's very like suburbia my, my great grandma gloria had one of these and she was the most popular woman in that neighborhood i bet uh <laughs> so we got uh micah monroe as jay or jamie uh she's uh floating uh she's uh her sister comes by uh kelly uh and is like hey you want to hang out with my friends tonight she's like no i got a date um and dang it the neighborhood boys are spying on me yeah. Those so, we're in the suburbs, baby. I I also I feel like it's a good time to mention like this movie's kind of like timeless in a weird way. In a weird way. It's got yeah. like a weird outdated technology from like all over. But the cars the are 70s, like 80s, 90s. Mostly modern looking. Except the the guy's car that she drives off in later looks like a really old car. 
Uh, it looks like a nice car or like a car trying to look a little bit older, but um, yeah, but like their outfits and stuff are also crazy. Yeah, um, this is also you. They never like come out and say it, but from a few lines of dialogue, this is said in Detroit. Yeah. Um, specifically in like the nice white neighborhood of Detroit, in like the nice part of town. Yeah, they're in the suburb, um, and they even like talk about it later. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um. So yeah, we see uh, uh the sister Kelly and her friends here. They're uh watching like a dinky CRT where they're playing a black and white horror movie. It's like a smaller TV on top of a normal TV. It's weird. Uh And and the one friend has a crazy clamshell phone. Yeah, but she's like touchscreen typing on it. Like it's an iPhone. She reads off of it like like like, it's a Kindle. Like, it's a too small to be yeah. practical Kindle. Yeah. Uh, but I want one. Uh, this friend is um, Yara. She's not a character in this movie. Um, she basically has, like, no lines. Her main thing is to have, like, this cool uh, shell phone. and She to... starts reading passages out of books that, um, like, normal friends would definitely be like, cut it out. So she's... <laughs> we might as well just talk about it. She's reading... Uh... Idiot by Dostoevsky, which is a book about uh, the inevitableness of death. Very spot on. Do you get it? Very spot on. Do you get it? Anyway, um, we'll get we'll get into it. Um, that that book, by the way, also a lot about um the Catholic Church, but I don't think that ties into this movie at all. I don't think so. No, (laughs) unless you want to talk about sexual guilt. Uh, Dostoevsky, a weird guy. Uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Understatement. Um, so, uh, Jay is getting ready for her date, uh, as we get, like, the chill chiptunes coming in here. The super chiptune Um, uh, Micah Monroe has this really good, like, melancholy, but also kind of unreadable expression at the same time. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, like, kind of her... That's just kind of her face. It's just kind of her face, but, like, you look at her and you think, like, oh, like, I can tell she's sad, but, like, and, like, something's going on in there besides that, but I don't know what it is. Something's going on in there. Like, there's, like, she's having compl- complex emotions, I know, but I can't I know quite what you mean, but it's put a funny together. way to say it. Uh, also, interestingly, uh, Mike Monroe, uh, star of what movie that we watched recently? Oh, she's the girl from The Watcher. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Which is also another movie that loves to just cut to her face kind of looking at things like, oh. Maybe that's just... I'm sad, Maybe directors but are just, like, really a fan of that face. Like, I'm, I'm sad, and I'm, like, thinking about face, things. That's just your face, but you've got so much going on. There's, yeah. like, so much going on, and I'm kind of looking blankly and a little bit sad, but, like, don't I have so much going on? That's don't like, you want to know my mystery? <laughs> don't you want to get into my feathered hair? <laughs> Um, I, this is also the outfit that I take issue with, by the way. This outfit for just going on, like, a movie date is a little weird. She has, like, a shell choker. Yeah. And, like, an over jacket that's, like, plaid and a pink dress that's, like, lacy a little bit with cowgirl boots. Yeah, I don't get it. It's nutty. She <laughs> it's... Listen, this character is one of those girls that wears cowgirl boots with fucking anything. I would believe it. Um... No, I know she does. 
<laughs> yeah, if she wears it with this dress, she definitely wears it with anything. She wears it multiple times. She wears those stupid oh boots god. multiple times. Oh my god, I didn't notice this. This is amazing. Uh, we go to her date. She is in line for the movies uh, with uh, Hugh. Uh, I guess he is kind of a newer boyfriend from the little bits of dialogue we've gotten up to this point. Um, they play a game, uh, like a kid's game, about how you look at a random person who's like in the crowd and are like, okay, I've chosen you in my mind as the person that I would switch places with, and then the other person has to guess who you picked. Uh, this could be fun, but it also feels like too much. Like, you're definitely like whispering to someone and looking at someone like... <laughs> Yeah, if I'm like pointing at someone, if I was like in line with these people and they were like having this conversation, someone was like pointing to me and whispering. I'd be like, "What's going on with these two? Um, (laughs) I would fight. Um, so uh, she tries to figure out who Hugh picked, and it turns out he's picked a young boy because he's got his whole life ahead of him. He doesn't know that. Also, he could shit anywhere. No, but I do. I do think this is going to become characterful later. It is characterful, but also like, he does say he can shit anytime he wants. Does he say that? He says something like that. Oh my god! I just think it's interesting that uh, uh, he like uh, she thinks he's going to pick like oh the guy who's like on a date with a cute girl, but no, he picks like the child as like a oh, I want to go back and be young, which is weird because he's already really young. I mean... He does have his whole life ahead of him, right? What I'm saying is if, like, an 18 to 25-year-old really yearns for childhood again, there is something very wrong. (laughs) All right. Uh, So they uh, uh, are, like, sitting down for the movie, and she's like, all right, uh, I've, like, picked my person. And he was like, oh, is it that girl over there in the yellow dress? And she's like, who? And he's like pointing and she can't see him. And all of a sudden that really freaks him out. And he's like, hey, uh, let's just leave. So they leave the movie. Yeah. Um, they uh, go and have dinner. Uh, Interesting, creepy moment. Yeah, there's a creepy guy walking in the background uh, while they're having dinner. If you're like looking, you Listen, can see him. There's a lot of things like that in the background of people just like walking yeah. that you don't know if it's real or not. If you've seen the movie and know what's up, you're like, oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> Pointing me. Oh. Um, <laughs> so uh, the next day, uh, Jay's like talking with her sister and she's like, hey, he seemed really weird last night, but uh, I don't know what's up with that. Also, we haven't had sex yet. Yeah, just. Just throwing that out there. Uh, doesn't matter, because cut to the next scene, um, they're kissing on the beach, uh, and they have sex in the car. I, you know my feelings. I never want to have sex in a car. I don't want to have sex outside. Period. Mm. Period. There are bugs out there. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I could get dirt anywhere. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> uh, we get like a... A fun shot here. There's like a slow zoom on the car where you can like see them, uh, which reads a little bit like the ca- you're the camera and you're like approaching the car slowly or like someone is. Like I'm a fucking creep. Well, like somebody is is yeah, slowly approaching that's them, also right? True. Yeah. Also, I, I have thoughts whether the entity would just watch and wait if you were doing it. <laughs> well, just hold off because we're getting into. Some stuff here. I have a lot of questions on mechanics. We'll get into them. Um, so uh, afterwards, Jay is kind of like wondering aloud about 
what do I do with my newfound uh, freedom as an adult? You know, uh, what do you do now, now that you're uh, not a kid anymore? Uh, and then Hugh uh, knocks her out with, like, chloroform, basically. It's like a, he, he, like, puts a rag over her mouth, which... Yeah, it seems to take a while, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe he's not good at it. She uh, wakes up uh, tied to a wheelchair um, in a, like, abandoned parking lot. Um, also, she's still in, in like... In her, her cute little mid-2000s bralette. <laughs> yeah, she's in her underwear from earlier. Um, <laughs> Hugh is like, I'm not going to hurt you. I need to uh, info dump to you the plot of the movie. So here The mechanics we, of the here creatures. Here we go. He's going to tell her the rules. Basically, uh, an entity is going to follow her. Uh, it's a changeling. It can look like other people. There's only one of them. You pass it along to someone by having sex with them. Uh, uh, it's slow, but it's not dumb. Don't go anywhere with one exit because it'll get you. Um, partway through, Jay starts like panicking and crying because she's like, oh, Obviously, God. Obviously, because she's tied to a chair. This guy's going to like kill me or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have questions on why he had to do it exactly this way. It's really a traumatizing way to do it. Um, I think that's on purpose, though. I mean... Yeah, so the, the like, next part of this scene is he's going to show her the entity, right? So, um, a naked... Maybe he, maybe he just has experience that no one listens to him unless he ties them to a chair. It does feel like practiced, what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and also, we know earlier the girl from the first scene died, and now he's, like, uh... He seems to be an expert and, like, know these rules, right? You think that maybe... He had had it sex with her, and now it's bounced back, back to, him, to him, and now he has to find a new person. Yeah. Um, maybe not necessarily, but that's kind of the vibe that you get, right? Yeah. Um, so he uh, he's, like, wheeling her around in the wheelchair, and we see, like, a naked woman just slowly, like, walking towards them. Um, you know, it's getting scarier and scarier because the woman's not, like, responding to anything. She's just kind of grimly approaching. Yeah, and he um, sees her, too. Yeah, Still. he he sees her as well. Yeah, um, and eventually he's like, "Okay, dems the rules." He packs her into the car and he drops her off uh, in front of her house, uh, still in her underwear, and she's freaked out. Uh, yeah, very uh, loaded imagery. Yeah, one hundred percent. Her like friends are on like the front porch and they're like talking about her before she gets dropped off. Like, oh. I wonder, like, what's going to happen? And and the person quoting uh, Dostoevsky is like, Oh, I think if you had to face your inevitable destruction, maybe you would just sit down and let it get you. Wow. Anyway, so uh, at this point, um, it becomes like, you know, the police are called. There's, like, neighbors watching from their living room. Like, those people over there are such a mess. <laughs> it makes me wonder what else What else is going on? We get some hints later. Um... You know, Jay is, like, interviewed by the cops and then sent to the hospital. Um, you know, we see the cops, like, looking over the area where the wheelchair was. It's, like, still was left there the next day. Uh, and Jay is in, like, a huge, like, trauma, depression hole at this point. Um, and also we learn um, from Jay's mom, who is, like, barely in this movie, that uh, Hugh uh, was using a fake name, actually, to uh, rent an apartment in the city. So they don't know who or where he is, and it's clear that, like, this was all a setup to do this to somebody yeah. and then not get caught, basically. Which 
I don't know. I don't know about this guy if he's willing to do all this <laughs> to do this. So is is this the point where we want to talk about the rules, or do you want to just keep going with the summary and we'll get to stuff as it comes up? I think I will have applicable questions as situations arise. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. So yeah, there's like a scene here where. Uh, Jay is like examining herself in the bathroom and like a rubber ball hits the window and it's those neighborhood kids playing a prank again. Um, which is like, I don't know how to read that scene. Like, obviously she's very upset and like, I don't know. I mean, what do you mean? Like how to read it? I guess it's like, this is the way that like the suburbs react to somebody having this kind of event, right? Is that like, everybody knows about it. People kind of terrorize you. Um, people talk about you while you're just feeling like shit, basically. I mean, yeah, that that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but now the movie uh, kind of starts to pick up because Jay is back at school. We get the feeling that this is like some time has gone on. Um, she uh, looks out the window and she sees an old woman approaching uh, just like on the school grounds. Notably, the woman like doesn't belong there. She's got like a no hospital gown on. No one's looking at her. Yeah. No one's looking at her. She seems like kind of dead fixed at walking like towards where Jay yeah, is. Yeah, we have to start with one that's like the most obviously out of place before yeah. we start fucking with you. Yeah. Um this spooks her so she kind of runs out of class um and then the entity is like there in the hallway and the music is really kicking up here. Um Jay's like I, I kind of feel bad for these actors that have to be like the chasers you know because they pick some really creepy people some very (laughs) scary looking people for sure um we learn here that like other people can't see um the creature like only you can see it um because like the people in the hallway can't see her yeah i think this was another thing that was told to her in the big info dump um so she just like goes to her car and then just kind of drives around um i do have one note about this scene, uh, the school scene, they're reading from the T.S. Eliot's uh, story, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, in class, which is, it's about uh, a guy likening his love problems to uh, Lazarus, who's a biblical character who died and then was resurrected, and then he was a poor beggar who went to heaven. So... It's kind of getting at some of the themes of this one. A little bit. If you know, like, if you if you know, like, if you can clock that reference, you're like, and you kind of know what the movie's about. It, I, I did not. It makes a tiny bit yeah. of, of uh, thematic sense. But, yeah, I, I, I had to look that one up. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm not literate. I don't read. Listen, I literally just wrote the quote down into my phone and then typed it into Google. <laughs> and then was like, oh, I guess that makes sense for the story they're telling yeah. here, right? So... Um, so Jay's really spooked at this point. She, like, tells her friends what happened. Um, she wonders if this is, like, what he warned her about. But, like, there's not really, you know, are you really going to trust that guy in that situation? It's still kind of a one-off. Like, nothing exactly happened. Maybe this is, like, her hallucinating or dealing with this trauma, right? She's imagining these things because other people can't see it. Um so that that's kind of like where we're at at this point. Uh, Paul, one of her friends, clearly has like a crush on her. Weird Paul. Weird Paul. Paul, I don't know how to feel about the character of Paul in this movie. I, I feel like the more I watch the movie, the more uncharitable it becomes. I don't like Paul. Um, 
basically he's like all right well just to make you feel better like me and your other friends and your sister will like watch you and i'll stay up all night and i'll like make sure you're good um so also her sister makes jokes about like how she needs to lock her door with paul in the house which makes me wonder yeah what's going up with paul what's up with paul what's up with paul um so they all kind of pack into the house at night. This is like a nice, like suburban teen sleepover, sleepover scene. Yeah, um, Girls I like. Night. I like how they use scenes like this that would normally be like very kind of like upbeat and like Americana, like kids hanging out sort of a thing. But yeah. because it's in this context, is like really grim. It is uh, kind of like cozy in a way. Like she always has all her friends like with her, supporting her. Yeah, which I think is really like good for that character and for the tone of the movie. Yeah, um, but she can't sleep, so uh, she goes and sits on the uh, couch with Paul and watches another uh, black and white movie. Um, they have like a little will they won't they talk. Um, about how they used to kiss all the time. Oh, I kissed you first, but then I went and I kissed your sister, and then you wouldn't have anything to do with me anymore. And it's like, he's not really dating either of them anymore, but they're childhood friends. But you liked me, and I liked you, and maybe I still like you, but you don't think about me that way anymore. Or do you? Kind of a Well, everything changed when he started going on those forums. Oh, God, Paul is one of those. Uh, But then this whole mood is kind of shattered when a window breaks. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty abrupt. Yeah, um, Paul goes to check and he's like, hey, there's no one there. Um, The soundtrack kind of like cuts out and you get this pounding sound, which you can't tell if it's like somebody outside banging on something or if it's the soundtrack at first, which is really good. Um, And then... uh, Jay finds a bloodied and urinating woman stumbling through the kitchen towards her. This one's really scary. This one's, yeah. It's I like mean, a woman that's, like, beaten to death, basically. And she's got, I think she's got, like, handcuffs yeah, on her, her hands. Yeah, her hands are behind her back, too. And, yeah, um, with the, the urinating and everything, and she's bloodied, and it's, it's really scary. It's crazy to look at. Um, So she, like, runs upstairs to her room, Um. Uh, her friends, uh, like, manage to get in and console her, but um, she's really losing it. And then there's a knock at the door. And they're like... Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> yeah. um, it turns out it's Yara. And it's like, oh, everything's okay. And they open the door, and Yara's there. And then all of a sudden, a huge, like, giant <laughs> guy... huge, dude! With, with gouged-out eyes, like, rears up behind her. I think he just has really sunken eyes, it, maybe? They're really creepy-looking. Um, yeah, he's a creepy-looking dude. Eight feet fucking tall. Huge fucking uh, lurch-looking guy. Yeah, I think this is the scariest uh, follower, for yeah. sure. Um, so that, of course, freaks Jay out, and she escapes through the window. I feel like there's a there's a sweet spot in like how big your monster gets to be. Like this is at the peak of it where like eight to nine feet tall. Yeah, that's really scary. But if you get like ten or eleven feet tall, it gets really funny. I can see that. Because once it's like past the point where it's like this is realistic and it just gets to be goofy. But there's definitely like a oh, this is like way too big for a person to be, but yeah. like it's still kind of in the realm of possibility. I think this is a real tall guy, though. Uh, no, like, I think this is a real guy. That's how he really is. Yeah, they just got a huge guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I also... So, um, th- the entity 
kind of uh, appears to in different situations and to different people differently. And I get the vibe that it, it picks something it thinks is going to freak out the its target, specifically. It's like whatever's going to be effective at the time. Exactly, because like um, Hugh, for example, just saw a woman in a yellow dress earlier. But um, Jay, who's, you know, dealing with this kind of basically sexual assault situation, is seeing, you know, naked women or, you know, she's a teen, she's seeing an old woman or she's seeing a huge monster, right? So these are, like, the things that are going to scare her the most. Um, also, it kind of, like, changes speed and gait depending yes. on what size it is because yes. it goes from, like... Maybe like a one mile per hour to like a 2.5. Once it gets like closer to you, it seems to get maybe a little bit more frantic, which is a little scary. I know. I I want to I wanna plug in the info. I want to know how much time I have. <laughs> but you're not being fair about it. That's right. Uh, so yeah, she uh, jumps out a window and takes off on her bike. Uh, one of the neighborhood uh, guys pull... He's like in the driveway with a girl and he's like, who's that? Um... She ends up at a park playground and sits on a swing. Uh, In her bare feet. Yeah. She, like, looks around and swings. Um, This is how you get your feet cut by glass bottles. For real. Uh, Her friends find her. um, And Bajay is like, you know, my mom is not going to believe me. But this thing's definitely real and I don't know what to do. Um, As the neighbor from earlier, whose name is Greg, comes up and is like, hey, are you okay? Um... Both of these, like, the friends coming up and then Greg coming up are framed like it could be yeah. the entity approaching until you realize it isn't. Um, this this movie makes people walk in like your worst fear. Yeah, just anybody <laughs> anybody entering the scene is like, oh, God. What uh, the fuck? Yeah. Uh, he but agree- he's like, hey, guys, it's Greg. <laughs> yeah, he is like, okay, I'll, I'll drive you all around. Because, uh, you know, they, they talk about how they have to find Hugh. So he's, like, going to help them on that, like, mission, I guess. Uh, they all post up at Hugh's abandoned house. Uh, they never say outright that it's his house, but we figure it out. Um, it's uh, it's a booby-trapped shack. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it follows proof. Yeah, it has like cans on strings around like the windows on the ground floor to it's act as like exits. alarms. <laughs> uh, his room is like up in the the second floor. They find like a mattress and porn magazines and a bunch of like uh balled up Kleenex. Uh, and also they find a picture of Paul Hugh. really wants to go through these, these nudie mags. girl magazines or whatever. Yeah, they had like a conversation earlier uh, where they he talked about finding uh, like Playboy magazines uh, as like little kids. Um, and this is like I guess following through on that, but it's yeah. Well, now he's just a weird adult, so. Um. But anyway, they find this picture, um, which leads them to, like, a local high school um, where they find the school yearbook and they find out that Hugh's real name is uh, Jeff, actually. Um, I knew he would be a Jeff. He, he looks like a Jeff. I He looks like the kind of guy who would have a lame name but would give himself a cooler sounding name, like Hugh. <laughs> you think Hugh is a cooler It's better than, name than Jeff. Well. Come on. Yeah. There's not that many names that sound worse than Jeff. Less cool. Worse. Paul. Less cool. (laughs) (laughs) Great point. Great point. Um, Jay is like, I don't want to turn him into the cops. I want to go to his parents' house um, where they find him. Also, at the school, there is like a a following 
a person walking towards you. Yes, potentially, yeah. Um, so they, they go to his parents' house, and he's at home. Um, and they have, like, a sit-down chat on, like, his front lawn. or on, like, the park across the street. Um, and they're like, okay, what's the deal with this thing? And he's like, well, uh, you just gotta pass it on. You just gotta go have sex with someone. He's like, I told you already. Yeah, I told you the rules already. Um, it's gonna follow you until it gets you. And then once it does, it's gonna go down the line. It's gonna get the next person and the next person. So if you just sleep with someone and they sleep with someone and they sleep with someone, then you don't have to worry about it. Um, so they're like, okay. Uh, they're going to think about that, but for now they're going to just get away. So Greg, who has turned into, like, the cool guy of the, the movie. He is the, like, I've got a car yeah. guy. Um, he's going to take them to his parents' summer house. Um, My parents have a summer house guy. Out on a lake, yeah. Um, so it's like the ocean, isn't it? It might be. There's, like, a sandy beach, but they're in Detroit, I yeah. so I don't know how they would get to an ocean. Yeah. I think it's probably, like, a great lake. Probably. Yeah. I have no sense of time or dimension. That seems like an issue. <laughs> you should you should get that checked out somewhere. I fall off things all the time. No, you don't. <laughs> I've, like, never seen you fall off... Well, that's not true. That's not true. What I'm saying. All right. Uh, so, yeah, they pull up on this, um, this lake house. Um... Uh, on the drive there, Kelly is like, Jay, are you going to pass it on? She's like, I don't know. Um, but uh, the next day, uh, Greg gets a revolver from the shed, and Jay practices... This is uh, the worst thing to happen to this friend group. <laughs> just go get a gun? <laughs> Them having this gun. Yeah, so she uh, practices uh, shooting at some cereal boxes. Um, and they have, like, you know, a shitty 18 to 20 year old camp out on the beach. Noticeably um, very bad at shooting the gun. Um, I- I've had, like, a camp out similar to this where everyone's like, yeah, we're kind of underage drinking, and, like, maybe we play a board game, and we're all just kind of loafing around, but we can't go anywhere or do anything. And I felt like it, like, captured that kind of, like, malaise really well. We don't know if they're underage drinking, but they could be. I mean, it's, like, their college age, roughly. Right, right yeah, but so. I mean, like, they're probably, like... 18 to 21 somewhere in there you know um so uh the entity uh in the form of a young girl uh creeps up on jay and it looks like the friend it looks like uh yara yeah who is out uh in like a tube on the water yeah this scene is shot really well because um people are just kind of lounging around one person like gets up and walks away you see it coming for like a long time. You see it coming and nobody acknowledges it, but um, uh, Jay's facing the wrong way. Yeah, she's the only one who can see it and she's facing the wrong way. And then once it's getting really close, they show that's when they show Yara out in like an inner tube in the water. And you're like, oh, that's not, that's definitely not Yara yeah. coming up then. I think it's definitely um, supposed to be her. Yeah, um, and then it like grabs Jay's hair and pulls her up and we get like a pretty cool effects scene here. Yeah, um, what it looks like when they can't see the person doing it. Yeah, so we finally see it um, from, like, the friend's perspective, which it's, like, a, just an invisible thing is grabbing her hair. Uh, so, so now they have to believe her. Yeah, Paul tries to hit it with a chair, and he gets yeeted. I know, he gets he gets fucking blasted off into another planet. Yeah, he just gets... In a uh, really funny way. He gets shot away. 
Um, uh, Jay runs into the shed and grabs the gun and shoots at the entity, uh, almost hitting Greg. Yeah, shooting at people. This won't be the last time we are shooting in the directions of our friends. Shooting with people downrange. Um, uh, she does manage to hit it in the head, but then it just gets right back up again. So why do we keep the gutter out? <laughs> um, they hide in the shed, but it turns back into that giant guy and like busts a hole through the door. Yeah, there's a, like a really tall window that no one should be able to get to, and you see him walk. Yeah, by. you just see like his silhouette kind of walk by. Yeah, yeah, creepy. Um, and then he turns into one of the neighbor kids, but like all fucked up. Yeah, I, uh, he's like a he's like a rat boy. <laughs> yeah, to like scuttle through uh uh. The hole in the door, uh, but then uh, Jay escapes through like a like a garage door, um, and runs to the car, gets in the car, and just starts driving. And it's one of those frantic driving scenes where like you know something's bad yeah. is going to happen <laughs> just from like the way it's shot. Um, she ends up um, swerving to avoid like a truck that's pulling out. This is the scene where I thought the entity was too fast. Like when it was coming over the hill and towards the car. Yeah, so it's like coming after her. It's like power walking at that point. It's like, well, well, calm down. Calm down for a second. Well, it's interesting because sometimes it feels like it can almost like teleport. Like it covers distance like faster than you would expect. I mean, if they stay in the city, it's kind of like feasible, right? That someone could like walk it in in a day or two. Yeah, I guess so. Um, So yeah, so she crashes. Uh, and she wakes up in the hospital, um, which poses a problem because now she's incapacitated and can't leave. So she decides, I'm going to sleep with Greg. Uh, I'm stuck here. Might as well sleep with Greg. I'm stuck here. Um, we Greg is also like kind of a promiscuous guy. Uh, we see a scene here of him like. Yeah, perfect candidate. In the cafeteria talking to a girl. He was pulling, he like pulled up in the car with a different girl earlier. He was with another girl in an earlier scene even. So we figure, okay, he'll be able to pass it on or he'll be okay, right? He's also the cool guy, right? Um, And, you know, some days go by, but he's like, nothing's really bothering me. Um, He's like, I'm good, actually. I'm I'm both different. Um, So Jay, you know, comes home. She's got a cast in her arm. She's not doing better. Um, you know, she's still kind of like in the pool, just like uh, getting that cast wet fully. Yeah, getting the cast fully wet, which, which you're I know not you're not supposed to, supposed to do. Even though I've never had one, it's like the only thing I know about a cast. I don't do dangerous things that would break my arm. Me too. Neither of us have ever broken a bone, so... Our kids' bones are going to be so strong. I guess the only bones I've had broken are the ones in my jaw where they had to take my teeth out. Ooh. But... Teeth are different. That's different. That doesn't count. Uh, so, uh... Greg comes by. He's like, hey, you know, I don't know what happened, because something definitely, like, blew a hole in the wall of the of the <laughs> gatehouse and, like, yeeted Paul... So something's out there, but, like, I don't know if it's what Jay's talking about. And her friends are like, no, it's definitely what she's talking about. And he's like, well, it's not bothering me, so I'm going to be good. I've um, got swoopy hair. I don't need to listen to you. I'm built different. Um, but then one night, uh, Jay sees the entity break into Greg's house uh, next it's like door. A, he's got, like, a ballerina dancer outfit on with, like, tight pants. I think the entity it looks like Greg here, which is pretty cool. I mean... But does he have those tight pants on, though? 
Oh, he doesn't have that outfit. It's like an all-white outfit. Um, you realize It's kind of hard to see it at this time. You realize really quickly that it's the entity just from, like, the physical motion that it does. Like, the way <laughs> it knocks on the door. Um, and it, like, breaks the window in kind of a very matter-of-fact and practical way. Yeah, like, it just picks up a rock and just kind of, like, ugh throws the rock and it just like the mecha- like the way you've never seen a human throw no, an object like, of that weight you if know you are controlling a game character and you're like okay throw now yeah um so uh jay panics and tries to warn him she runs over to his house but um he uh is fooled and lets the entity into his room because he thinks it's his it's pretending to be his mom uh and it like it fucks him to death. It, yeah, it, like, jumps on him and, like, grinds on him. And it's, like, kind of naked. And then he's dead. Yeah. Uh, Which I assume was what happened to the first girl as well. She got her leg fucked off. I don't know. So, at this point, Jay uh, runs to her car and starts driving away. And we see the entity is pursuing her again now. Yeah, he's like... Okay, we're back to this again. This was another point in my theory where I think the entity, like, behaves differently depending on who it's trying to get. Mm. Because I don't think, um... It definitely changes into things that, like, would fool whoever well, is looking at I it. I think it was literally trying to, like, lure Greg into a false sense of security by just not showing up for a while. Mm. Um... It could be that it was also farther away from, like, the beach house, I guess. Yeah, and they went to the hospital and whatever. Yeah. But, but, like, the fact that it appears really frequently seems to, like, be really effective against Jay. And maybe, like, for other people, it doesn't need to do that as much. It's more effective to, like, wait and, like, be careful, if that makes sense. Or maybe Greg's mom is slower. (laughs) She's a slower (laughs) walker. She just took longer to get there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, picking back up, uh, Jay, uh, comes back to the beach, uh, that they were at earlier. She sees, uh, three guys out on the boat and, uh... We don't know if she propositions them or she, not. So she takes off her shirt and then just kind of walks into the water, um, and then comes home. Uh, she's not doing better. No, um, uh, so either changed her mind or got rejected or something. Uh, the outdoor pool is broken. Uh, she's, like, barricaded herself in her sister's room to sleep at night. Um, and Paul comes to check on her. And um, she they have a discussion here about, do you want to pass on the thing? And she's like, I don't want to pass it on to anybody. Which makes me feel like she either changed her mind with the guys out on the boat or something something yeah or it didn't work out or something or happened she just doesn't want to fucking have sex with paul <laughs> yeah so he's like hey um why'd you pick greg instead of me not the time to be asking making this. it about their um relationship which is really weird um but he's like i want to help she says that like she had sex with greg in high school one time and she thought he could deal with it which is interesting. Like the he's 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 the cool guy. He's like a safe option. Yeah. Um but uh it seems like he has like some kind of idea. So the friends all um pile into the car to do one more set piece for this movie. Uh to do one of the stupidest ideas. So this movie's a hundred minutes long. I don't think it's long, but I no. do feel like this is the part where it starts to drag a tiny bit for me, where I'm like 
we, we do this whole bit and it's like kind of the climax of the movie, but then the movie kind of keeps going a little bit past it. And it's like, I don't know, but I mean, it is the climax. It is. So, um, they, they're all going to go to the community pool that they used to visit as kids. Uh, the entity is also on the top of her house on the roof. Yeah, this is one of the rare opportunities where you see dick and balls in a movie. Yeah, this is a naked like older a naked guy dude. with his dick yeah. and balls out. Um, they never show the P. The P and B. It's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, so they head to the bad part of town. Uh, they hear talk about how, you know, they're going south of 8 Mile, where the suburbs end and the city begins, and where they needed to ask permission as kids to go. But they're adults now, so they can yeah, go there. Yeah, they have there. a whole conversation about how, like, the yeah, moms are crazy. <laughs> our, our, like, white parents didn't want us going into the black part of town in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. The kind of conversations that you do have as adults with your adult friends and be like, hey, that's nuts. Well, it's interesting, right? Because this movie is to a degree about, like, the loss of a childhood innocence as you become an adult. Like, and yes, yeah. that affords you more freedom, but you're also kind of, like, aimless and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, what do you do with that? And this movie, it's really weird to see, like, inequality in Detroit mobilized in exactly that way. Yeah. Like, we're gonna make a movie about the rich kids in Detroit being like, we're adults now, so we can go to the shady part of town where the black people live anytime we want. And isn't that different than living in the suburbs, which are terrible too in their own way? It's like... I don't know if it's doing that exactly, but it's it's just a weird line to a thing to draw attention to specifically. Yeah, yeah, especially when the movie hasn't been about that up until that point. But I think that is a conversation that like those characters would have. I mean, like, realistically, yeah, it's a, it's something that uh, a bunch of white teens talk about. That, that's for what sure. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they um set up shop at this pool with a bunch of electrical equipment. Uh, stupid. Like stupid. Stupid. <laughs> These are all like laid out around the border of the pool, and Jay gets in the water in the middle. And the idea is an Olympic fucking pool. Yeah, we're gonna let the entity jump in, and then we'll electrocute it. Um, as a thunderstorm kicks up outside, they just kind of wait for see, a while. Scenes and plans like this make me wonder if, like, in an earlier script, if these were like younger characters or something. It's interesting. Well, th- so the director's previous movie was like a coming of age adolescent story, like kind of Goonies ish. Uh, this is a little bit like this that. is a little bit of a Goonies plot for sure. Like it's a, it's something that like a, a freshman would come up with or something. Yeah. Um. So, but the the thing finally does come. Uh, Jay announces that it's in the room. She doesn't want to tell everybody uh, what it looks like. We find out later. I mean. It looks like her dad. Yes, it looks like her dad who is presumably yeah. dead. Yeah. Because we have not seen we, him in the movie He's only this in point. pictures, but we see him in pictures. And also we know that uh, her family is always in trouble or something. It Things are always up. going well, on. Well, I mean... So... Her mom does a lot of day drinking so in the movie So we get well. some ideas about that. Um, so uh, instead of falling for the trap, it stalks around the pool, picks up the heavy objects, and then just starts throwing them at Jay. Yeah, it has, like, human intelligence. Yeah, who's like a sitting duck in the water. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really cool scene. Like, they've talked about how the entity is, like, 
smart yeah. up to this point. She's dodging appliances. And, like, this is a really dumb kid plan, but I like the way it's so quickly dismantled. Yeah, it is. Um, it gets really real really fast. One of those scenes where, like, they, they have the whole setup, right, and they do it, and you're like, well, this is stupid because it wouldn't work for this no. reason. And then immediately the entity comes in and is like, this is stupid. It won't work for yeah. this reason. And you're like, okay. But you can hurl something at someone's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it'll kill them. Um, so the teens decide they're going to shoot it. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> More gun stupidity. So uh, Paul uh, fires at it, but accidentally hits Yara in the leg. Shooting um, at people. Yeah. Um, they manage to cover it with a sheet. And then, so they have like a silhouette of it. And then they shoot it and it falls into the pool. Not um, what you want. No, because, because Jay's in the pool, and as she tries to get out, it grabs her underwater, um, and they have to shoot kind of at her to, like, hit the thing that's, like, grabbing her. Um, she manages to get away, um, and they're like, is it still alive? Is it still in there? And she looks in the pool, and it's just a big pool blood of forever. blood. Blood in the whole pool. Um, and so they go back home. And uh, with all other efforts exhausted, finally, it's time she will sleep with it's Paul. It's time to fuck Paul. <laughs> She's like, "Oh God, fine, I'll fuck Paul." Um, you know, he's like, "That's how bad it is." He asks her, "Do you feel any different?" And she just shakes her head. <laughs> and then she asks him, "Do you feel any different?" And he's like, "Nope." Um, we also see the family uh, photo at this point, which confirms that the entity was her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of a or, hot dad. A little bit. Um, next we get like a little bit of like montage here. Paul drives past some sex workers and is like thinking about it. I think that's a common question that comes up with this movie. I have some questions about Paul. I also have questions about Paul, but also I think that the whole like sex worker plan would very quickly go out the window because like. You would just never be sure if those people had died. If, like, people down the line had died. And you'd just be looking over the, your shoulder for the rest of your life, and that's, like, the point. Also, it's kind of condemning sex workers to maybe be killed. Yes, which... that is also, I mean, the, the assumption is that they would quickly sleep with other people who would sleep with other people, and it'd be further down the line but from you. But it's still a have fucked to... up thing to you think would, about, You wouldn't Paul? have to worry about it, but... Paul? <laughs> yeah. Paul, who has weird ideas about women. I guess. Uh, Apparently. So they go they go to visit uh, Yara in the hospital where she um, reads them some more Dostoevsky. Uh, again, that's about mortality and Catholicism. Uh, and uh, our final shot is Paul and uh, Jay walk down the suburb street and they're holding hands. And There's someone something <laughs> in the distance is following them. It follows them. And that's the movie. Yeah. It makes me wonder if, like, you had a dedicated partner that you could, like, watch for the thing with. If you could pass it back and forth forever. Like, keep away? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, every... We give each other bugs forever. See, I don't know if you want, like, a dedicated partner, but if you have, like, every three months, we will meet. And then I will go to Antarctica for, <laughs> for the next three months. Yeah, I met this woman who uh, is a scientist in Antarctica. It's time. I think it's time to ask some bullshit questions about the mechanics Listen, of this thing. I saw in an interview that the director indeed confirmed that the entity can get on a plane <laughs> to follow you. 
Well, invi- Which is crazy. Well, it's invisible, right? So it just like sneaks into the airport and then like takes the empty seat. No, but also it navigates the airport. It goes through the security. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets on the plane. It takes a little seat. It has a little sit. Uh, it has some peanuts. And then it goes to your country of choice of fleeing. Of yeah. running? <laughs> you- How- so... <laughs> We're we're having a laugh here, but so how did you feel about the movie on this view? I liked it. I still love this movie. I had a great time with it. Um, it looks really I think, good. I think just the like questions and like <laughs> the the hypotheses that we bring up is really gives credence to like how interesting of an idea it is so, and how like different it is as a concept. So I mean, the whole thing is it's like a. The the uh, apocryphal or not, I don't know if this is a real story. This is apparently based on a dream the director had. I believe it. Because, I mean, it is very dreamlike in a lot of places. It's just one of those anxiety dreams where someone was following him and he knew when it got to him it was going to get him. Yeah. And he turned that into a movie. I think Uh, that's a great idea for a movie. Like, weird dreams could be good Um, horror concepts. And because, you know, it's dream logic and there have to be mechanics to it so that we as the audience, like, understand what's going on, it invites a lot of, like, stupid questions. Um, I think that's fun, though. I do think it gives the movie a little bit of levity, honestly, in your minds. Not necessarily on the screen, but in your head. You're thinking about, like... Oh, well, how would I get away from the monster? Yeah, that's definitely what it invites. It's like, would I call someone up who I don't like and and try to do a booty call? Or is that a bad idea? It begs the question. Yeah, it does beg a lot of questions. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think think it is really lazy to say that this is a morality tale about how sex is bad. Um, I also think it's really lazy to say that it's an STD allegory. I think that's also just very surface level, and it's not anything of what any of the interviews talk about at all. Like, listen, this is a movie about the inevitableness of death and the transition from a childlike innocence to a, a messy adulthood. Uh, and yeah, if you watch the movie and you had that read, that's fine. So did yeah, I the first I mean, time. I think on another level, so, it's, I mean, it's about like adult fears of like sexuality and things like that. Like, I mean, you have one bad experience and you don't look at people the same, like in a really literal way. Yeah. And then maybe like, if you learn to have a good one, like maybe it'll fix it. Maybe it won't. But also you'll always have kind of that fear of that bad experience yeah it's that it's that kind of like i think that is like the most literal kind of reading that is indicative of what it's saying well to me it ties into the the loss of innocence thing it's the idea that that like okay you grew up in this idyllic white suburb right but like not everything isn't okay um and now that you're an adult yeah you have this freedom to like go wherever you want to go but like you have to build something that is meaningful to you now because the, the you know the 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 fantasy is over yeah. <laughs> the fantasy of being the kid growing up in the beautiful perfect yeah, suburb because, is gone because one day you're gonna die yeah and now you're in the fucking world and it's shit and uh you're gonna die and you know that it will happen and there's no getting around it and reaching out to people means there as there's a chance you'll be hurt and what's the point 
you know i think it's really trying to evoke those feelings and get you thinking about that kind of thing yeah yeah i Um, could easily see that so i definitely think that too not to say that that's like the only you know people experience the movie however they experience it uh and they can have the reads that they want to have there's a lot of i do i just think maybe it's like purposefully like sex negative reads are like reductive and not very charitable to what it's actually doing yeah i mean i think because i don't think it's sex negative at all because there are instances where sex is a good thing you know well and also like it's not just a case of like you have sex one time and you'll die like no. The characters have had sex before. There are past romantic and sexual relationships among the different characters. Um, it doesn't, like, necessarily, I would say, like, pass judgment on the characters for Yeah, anything. I think going further um, into the rules, I think it's really indicative that the director has said, like, yeah, condoms don't matter. Yeah, like, same-sex relationships don't matter. It It gets everyone. It comes for everyone. You know, like, a death thing, you know. More than, like, an STD thing, like, where you would be informed, or maybe, like, other groups are targeted more than others, it's... But, I mean, it, it is, at the same time, like, I, it does beg the question of, like, why is sex the the mechanical thing to pass this on? Because there's lots of ways you could do it. Um, because I think, specifically since the cast is young adults, that's probably one of the scariest types of relationships that they're gonna have in their life it, that yeah. they'll have to navigate now that they're not like children you know yes i think it does invite maybe some negative thematic things but also like on another side of that like it does tie into a historical horror trope which is it does. if you have sex you're gonna die it's one of the rules in scream you know it's like a whole joke about i also it. wondered about that but i i know that there is some definitely like horror literacy and genre savviness kind of to this movie, but I'm not sure if that is one that is going for or not. I, I think because that is such an established trope, it invites that kind of surface level it kind of criticism. Fits in easier is what you're saying. Yeah, but also like once you kind of get past that and get into the, I think some of like the meteor themes in the movie about like malaise and depression and existentialism. Uh, it's still like, oh, this is an interesting way. It kind of fits nicely into the horror genre, too. Like, I, I think as just, like, a genre thing, it's it's okay. Um, it is, it is like, very mechanical, though. Like, aside from that kind of genre stuff, I don't think it really has that much to say about sexual relationships. I mean, it has some. Like the... It definitely has some. I think her first encounter with her date is very loaded in yeah. a lot of ways. There... Where, like... She is very, very traumatized by this. And also, like, the idea of past romantic relationships with, like, childhood friends and, like, now you're both adults, so now, like, it would... Yeah, like, her saying, like, I thought he would be a safe bet, like, we've had a relationship before, but that not working out, like, I think that's also kind of indicative. Also, but, like, the idea that if you're going to be in a sexual relationship with someone as an adult or, like, a romantic relationship, it means something different. Maybe, yeah. It's a certain level of, like, scary commitment to the other person that, like, is maybe not great, you know? Or maybe is is something that, like... it's just not the same. It's not the same, right? They're not... I mean, when we grow up, we're not the same people. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I think kind of ties in with some of her bad family life situations like am i just gonna end up 
doing this again? Like, is this the point to just do this again? Kind of a thing. Um, So that's all really interesting. Um, I think on like the more negative side of it for me, I don't like Paul as the character. I, I, I like, like I said, I like Paul less and less the more I Um, see the movie. He kind of badgers her about it in a way that I don't like, but it kind of like in earlier viewings, it's kind of like, Oh, they're childhood sweethearts. Maybe they were meant to be together, but no. No. He seems to be, like, he is pestering like, her He is, like, it. angling for uh, her to uh, to capitalize on her trauma in order to have sex with uh, his, this uh, woman. Yeah. That he had a childhood that's, thing for. That's what That it he feels kissed like. one time. You know? Like... Which I, I can kind of go either way on either reading, but that's just... But just the fact that they end up, like, holding hands and kind of in a relationship at the end is kind of like, this doesn't feel earned to me. She seems totally uninterested in him for most of the movie. It does feel like a last resort to sleep with Paul in it some It really ways. does. It really does feel, but like, fine. It doesn't feel like a resolution to the story, really. Um, and I realize that it's supposed to leave it open-ended, like, yeah, they're just kind of committed to dealing with knowing that this thing is out there and... You know, I mean, you could also read it like she didn't want to do it because she cares about him way more than she did Greg. And they've had like some good conversations through the movie, kind of like reminiscing together and they have like a shared history. But also... But he just gives me bad vibes. I just don't like him. I just don't like his vibes. So I think that is maybe like maybe one of my more criticisms of the movie is I don't know if that character works. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I'm just a bitter person. I don't like people. <laughs> no, I think it's totally fine to not like Paul. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, some of the side characters don't really do anything. Yeah, definitely. Like, Yara her, exists her sister to, doesn't do very much. Her sister, like, might as well not be named. Yara is named I feel in, like... like Yara, Yara does more than her sister does. She reads those Dostoevsky quotes. Yeah. Uh, She's so. got that cute phone. She's got that cute phone. She that counts shot. for something. You know what? Sometimes it's nice to have a background character that uh, just has a, a cool accessory. And you're someone like, what's with up a, with that? Someone with a cool phone to get shot in your movie. <laughs> you gotta have guys in your movie. <laughs> Yara's one of those. Um, I do, I guess, like, on a more technical level, I like how um, little this movie explains uh, uh, explicitly. I think for the most part, a lot of it is implied. Uh, and it's implied very directly. It'll be, you know, uh, you know, they never say that necessarily it's Detroit. They never say whether she sleeps with the guys on the boat. Um, they never say that the entity is impersonating her dad. But if you're paying attention if on we screen, were watching maybe another movie that uh, looks like an emoji, it would just say it's her dad. Yeah, it would just say these things out loud and it would be, you know. But so I, I like that it... Um, kind of rewards you for paying attention yeah. or like looking at what's being communicated yeah, on screen. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on I think, visually. I think it movie. treats you like an adult, um, which I appreciate when movies yeah. do that. I love that. Not every movie has to do it, but I like it when they do. Also, it's just kind of good vibes. I love the vibes. I, I'm of mixed feelings on that kind of like um, adult, but just barely kind of, uh, you know, depression haze because i'm not in it anymore uh 
And well, I don't... Like, I like the shots of the pool. I like aesthetically kind of like the hazy dreamlike quality that yeah, it has. And, and I like the tension that it gets to in the scary sequences. Shot, I think sure. I think it looks great. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we've been going for a while. We have been. Let's... Shall we do our special numbers? Let's let's uh, pick numbers. Uh, first is the spookiness. Seven. You can't give it that. Five. That's against the... Ooh. E- 41. First up is I'm the, picking numbers. First up is the spookiness rating. This is where we decide how scary we thought the movie was on a scale of one to five. Opal, what would you give it? I think it's like a four for me. I think it's really unconventional in, like, its scary nature. But also, it's just a movie that once you see it, you're going to think about it. Like, just, you can't fathom someone just, like, walking at you who's going to do something terrible to you and you don't know what. It's a creepy movie, for it's sure. It's super creepy. It's the kind I don't of... think there's anything like it, and I really enjoy that conceptually. It's an agoraphobia-triggering movie, for sure. You're, like, <laughs> out in the middle of wherever and you see somebody like walking and you're like are they looking at me why are they walking towards me i don't like their expression I, they're, yeah. they're, and it's like oh they don't even notice you but it's one of those things so i think i think it's spooky uh i think the actual scares with like the entities are pretty good that's um, all guy he gets a four for they're me. pretty like explicit with like showing you a creepy guy on screen um but i like it and they're i like... just i mean they are normal people who can exist out in the world but they picked some weird ones well and i like when they are more subtle about it when they pick like a character like her dad or yeah. like um when it's impersonating one of the cast one of the members of like the main cast where you're like that's pretty good um so yeah i like a four for spookiness yeah. yeah um next up is watchability how easy is it to just throw this movie on and have a good time uh what would you give it i've seen this movie probably like five or six times so i feel like i would have to give it like a four because i find it really it's like easy listening music for my eyes the thing that i really like about this movie is no matter kind of like what level of attention you're giving it i think it's really rewarding uh, yeah I love, like, the soundtrack that drives things. I love the way it looks. I love the pacing. I All think right. the pacing is good. I gotta say, the chip tunes are a little bit clashy to me with the rest of the things that are going on. I, think I don't really agree. I think some of it works with the with the kind of mood that it's going for. but I think it's different, and I like it. I think I notice it too much, if that makes sense. It does. I understand. Um... But yeah, I think it's a four. I think it's really rewatchable. I think it's also a nice movie to just have on. Uh, if you just want to have like a decent horror movie on. Um, it There's nice things going on in the backgrounds of various shots and things like that. The conversation has like good bits in the dialogue too. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. Uh, and then last up is the Vincent Price vamp rating. The campiness and overall performances. Opal, what would you give it? I think this is probably, like, a three for me. Because, like, I love the idea of, like, different shaped guys walking at you forever. That idea... It's good. ...is vampy. The the dream logic thing is good. Um, I think this is... I think the performances are also pretty good. I do think this category is the movie's weak point. I would agree. Um, I think... It's not that type of film. I think a few of the characters just aren't very charismatic. It's the reason... One of the reasons that I kind of bounced off it on my first mm-hmm. viewing is just, like, I'm not really rooting for any of these people. The background characters um, are truly background. That's right. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, like... 
I do like the performance of of um kind of the main cast, but I don't really have that like charismatic draw to anybody. Nobody's like pulling me in to where I'm like even if like some of the background guys were just a little bit wackier where I'm like, oh it's that guy whenever they show up in a in a scene. Like uh I love when movies have those. That's me um, with a really tall guy, like Oh, <laughs> see if there were more really tall guys, uh, I think I might. You think uh, there needs to be more than one? No, but if there were more weird shaped guys, I think too many mm. of the guys are too normal shaped. I think there's a few scenes where they could have gotten a little weirder with it. Mm. And I realize it's playing on that like, is this the entity or not? But I think there's enough times where you could have done something more whimsical than you did and i realize maybe, that's not what it's going for that's nine feet tall instead of eight <laughs> feet tall so i don't and i don't think it has i don't think it has like a campy fun energy necessarily i think it has like no it's it's like you said it's kind of like a hazy malazy kind of like yeah dreamy movie but so, i i love that mood I, I, I think i'm a tiny bit lower on that mood than you so i would give this a a two for for vamp uh, I think the performances are decent. I think the overall vibes are good. It's just like nothing really hooks me in the performance or the theater of it, of the play of it. Yeah, I get it. Um, so that's a 10 for me. Or no, yeah, it's 10 for me and an 11 for you. Yes, it that's is. That's pretty good. Pretty good for me. Uh, pretty good movie. Pretty good. I, I love it. Um, yeah. You know, this is this is one with critical acclaim that I absolutely will not argue about. It's very different and very good and interesting. Yeah, I I think like on a craft level, it's done well. And you know why I love it? No one can copy it ever. <laughs> Any anytime anyone will or can or has tried, it has failed. Yeah. No, I mean like we've talked around Smile a lot, but like there are other ones of these where it's just like. Yeah, we're they gonna, try really hard. We're gonna try to and, be the next it follows and get you with this like premise, but it just does not work. Um, I think this movie has like threaded a really good needle where it's uncopyable. Re- it's really easy to fuck this up. It's really easy to fuck this up, and they did not do it. Um, so they definitely deserve some credit for that. Yeah. that means it's back to the sack oh shit back to the sack are this, you doing the johnson this monday movie? night i guess it's monday yeah <laughs> bring me the movie sack okay this is the movie sack segment this is how we decide our next movie i have some new movies for the new year yeah, you're stocking up. You said you put a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've been skewing too interesting and good lately. Oh, great! <laughs> so I, I've seeded the sack. <laughs> I have, I have a question for you. Yeah. Would you say you seeded it more in the mid tens or more outside of the mid tens? Outside. Hell yeah. 
you you know what you're doing when you're when you're setting up the set. I'm trying. I I mean I do my best. That's my one job. Anyway, yeah, this is a real um sack full of this is movie a real names. sack. This is a real sack. This is how we pick the movie. I just pick one out of the sack. Uh, you you pick what goes in there. Yeah, I there's like I don't know maybe ten ish in there. All right, next week. What do we got? You're watching. Oh, I want to watch this. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh uh, yeah, I put this in because he said you wanted to watch it. So sometimes, sometimes you just have to ask for what you want, listeners. <laughs> you just have to ask for what you, you just want. have to ask. You just have to put out your hand and say, give me what I want. Give me, give me, give me. Give me what I want. And I'll give you what you want. What it's I really, really want. Autopsies. <laughs> uh, so that's that's what we're going to be watching. That's a that is a mid tens movie. It is, but most of them aren't. I promise. <laughs> you can't. You can't. So okay, we're gonna be getting into that. Uh, that is a 2016 film. So look forward to that. I think that's also on Netflix. Probably. At least that's where I saw it. I get I get some Netflix vibes, but uh, that's gonna do it for the show. Don't get followed. Oh, well, if people want to follow you. Oh, shit. Where, where can they do that? <laughs> I'm fumbling with my glasses. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, on Tumblr. Uh, you can find my links at opal.card.co. And you can follow our Twitter. That's right. <laughs> at ScaryPair on Twitter. Just send us a gif of you walking towards us. Yeah. And we'll post it. Or not. Probably. If you don't want there, us to. There's a decent chance we will. If you're naked, I won't. We could censor it. I'm not going to go through that much effort. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'm at putrid underscore imp on Twitter. Uh, and I have another show uh, at level with you pod. It's a World of Warcraft uh, classic podcast. Uh, you, can, you can listen to that if you like. If you like. Games. 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 Uh, but that's gonna do it. Um, Opal. What? <laughs> it's coming. Oh, it's behind you. Oh, oh, oh my God! The entity's behind you. Dun 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 dun. Anyway, I'm running. Oh, you're running away. Oh, I'm running. Oh my God, you're running. I'm running like that guy in the speedo on the beach in that one video. You're running. I'm running. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We're running away from you. <laughs> don't catch us. No, don't catch me. Don't catch me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.